0: Hello, I'm Bill DeMay, Executive Vice Chair for the DC Young Republicans, and this is The District Download. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 16 of the District Download Podcast, coming back to you right now on this very stormy, summer-esque day. Uh, We just had a bit of a storm cloud roll through here as right before we were getting to record. Um, For those who are listening, even though this is going to be published on Wednesday, May the 4th be with you. And I know for some of our Catholic listeners, you probably just audibly said back to me, and with your spirit, as a Catholic, I totally understand. And I totally get that. Um, Just before we get into today's episode, I just want to encourage everybody who's out there who's listening, who's given us this great feedback on what we're doing right now with the podcast, please continue to keep sharing this amongst your friends. And even those who may or may not be familiar with this podcast, or even the DC young Republicans for that matter. um, You know, your enthusiasm is what keeps us going um as this is a podcast that's produced by young republicans for young republicans so uh just a little bit of thanks there so this is our third episode of our little mini series that we have where we feature members of the executive board so up next we have allison hagan our new vice chair of events uh, and she's currently serving her first term on the board so without that with that being said welcome to the podcast allison
1: Hey, Bill. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, This is such a fun new experience, both being on the board and joining you today. So very much looking forward to it.
0: Great. Thank you for being here. So originally, where do you hail from again?
1: So I moved from one swamp to another, I like to say. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so down south. Um, Yeah. And I've been in D.C. for Going on three and a half years. Um, sometimes it feels longer than that. Sometimes it feels shorter. Um, but yeah, been in DC for a while now.
0: Depending on the year, definitely. It feels like it could be either a long year or a short year. And exactly. Uh, and given that you went from one swamp to the another, I guess you're somebody who likes warmer climates or if even that, maybe even humid climates.
1: Okay. Shockingly, quite the opposite, which is Ooh. why I tried to venture north. Um, And since (laughs) moving to D.C., I realized that like a lot of the country doesn't even consider D.C. North. Um, I think it's below the Mason Dixon. Don't quote me on that. I think. Um, Yeah. So everyone was like, you're not really northern now. I'm like, "Okay, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, so actually I went to Ole Miss, which is only six hours north. But even those six hours give me seasons. They give me the fall and they give me the snow. slightly less humidity but that was the other kicker of i had no clue how humid dc was yeah. um so i thought i would get away from my frizzy hair situation that i've grown up with my entire life but i did not but it's fine they're trade-offs so it's
0: fine. <laughs> there, there are certain trade-offs too and you mentioned that you had seasons down in uh all when you went down there i'm assuming that when you mean seasons you probably mean like you know a coating of snow every now and then not the blizzards that i got growing up in the Northeast where, uh, you know, we would wake up some mornings and have close to 12 or 15 inches of snow waiting for us in the ground. How long have you been an active member of the DCYRs?
1: Um, so I started in, um, 2019, um, late in 2019, unfortunately just enough time to kind of go to the holiday event in Christmas season. Um, and then, you know, re-registered in 2020 and then COVID happened. So unfortunately um, I haven't gotten the full experience of what it means to be DCYR in terms of like the networking. I've been to a handful of happy hours. I went to the holiday event, obviously. Um, But yeah, I'm excited for 2021 for a lot of different reasons, but mainly just to like get to know people, get to know folks in the club um, and finding new ways for all of us to reconnect after. little bit of a gloomy 2020
0: right on i like that i like that a lot it's uh you know it's kind of like us coming out of a long hibernation where we're trying to get back to figuring out what life was like before the pandemic and it does feel certainly given everything that's happened it feels like it's been an eternity but i know we're really looking forward to the new year um as you know with it being springtime you know hope springs eternal Uh, So we look forward to that. So I know I'm going a little bit out of order, but I just want to say, as I say with every episode, that I'd like to remind everyone who's listening right now that the views and opinions expressed during today's episode are our own and in no way represent the views, opinions, or policy positions of our respective employers. So that's again, this is meant to be a free flow of conversation, long form interview podcast, just kind of getting the pulse on what's going on with the YRs as well as what it means to be a YR. So. Um, we've already talked a little bit about you being from Louisiana. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? What made you come to DC? Where do you work? Things like that.
1: Yeah, so um, 27 years old, um, I have been very interested in politics since I, you know, was born and raised. Um, Both my parents, I was lucky to be raised in a house where that was um, always instilled the importance of politics and having principled leaders um, in government. Um, And so, you know, your career kind of, in in my case anyway, always kind of doesn't go exactly where you plan it to. So originally I thought I'd be um, in healthcare administration, working in a hospital, and then somehow my passions for politics led me into my career, um, which led me to moving up here. Um, or in D.C., I should say, to be a scheduler for my hometown congressman in Baton Rouge, Congressman Garrett Graves, Um, amazing boss, amazing guy, um, an awesome team to work with. Um, And I did that for about two years and then fell in love with D.C. um, And so found another opportunity off the hill. As much as I love politics, being so absorbed in it every single day was draining. I'm sure that a lot of people could kind of relate Um, so yeah, so now I work for a nonprofit that's based in Arlington and I'm doing events and fundraising for them now. So,
0: and that's interesting too, that you do events for your day job and you're the vice chair of events here with the YR. So you've come prepared. With a bunch of different experiences that will help prepare you to do things like, you know, the holiday party and some of our socials that we've got coming up. You know, hopefully, 2021 is the return of the holiday party. So, kind of going to your your days on the hill. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So, you said you were a scheduler. What was it like on the hill? What was some of your favorite spots on the hill? Um, were you a, a Cannon girl or were you a Longworth girl or were you a, a Rayburn girl? I know sometimes people get very you know, defensive of what office building they work in?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I worked for a relatively new congressman. When I started for him, um, he had only been like in his second term at that point. So we were stuck in Cannon, but I love Cannon. It's the, mo- it's the oldest. It's historical. You really appreciate being in newer buildings after you're in Cannon because you have kind of the dustier bathrooms and smaller offices with worse views, but it all makes you appreciative, right? Um, so I started my time on the hill in Canon, went to Rayburn, got the fancy new office, um, just in time for me to jump ship, unfortunately. So I had a short stiff Rayburn. Um but there's yeah, so much I mean, new
0: stuff there by the way. Sorry to interject, but there's so much stuff there in Rayburn now. I think there's like an Ann Pizza there and even a yeah. steak and shake. I think oh yeah.
1: Thank God I don't work there anymore. It's like working in a mall with like the food court downstairs. Um, Yeah, I would be way too tempted every single day. Um, But I am dying because I'm forgetting the spot that I used to love. But people might remember the name. Um, It's a little Mexican joint that does $10 and you get a margarita and a thing of queso. Um,
0: I'm assuming this is off the hill, right?
1: Yeah, no, no, this is unfortunately not in Rayburn House Building. Um, but no, this is like Tortilla, a little spot. Tortilla Coast. No, I wish. <laughs> I thought Tortilla Coast uh, went out of business in COVID. Did they resurrect?
0: You know, I I've seen different conflicting information on that. I think I saw at the start that they were they were planning to go out of business, but just the influx of different Hill staffers came into the rescue and helped keep mm-hmm. it alive for a few more months. That is a good question, um, since I haven't really been that way in a while.
1: I know, same. Well, I live down the street. Maybe next week when I'm back in town, I'll take a little stroll and, and scout it out for us.
0: Yeah, and even, too, you know, it uh, puts me in the mood right now since tomorrow. Technically, today, when this episode comes out, uh, Cinco de Mayo. So, could really go for a good margarita and a good quesadilla right about now. It um, is,
1: and um, fun fact, one of my favorite vac- or favorite um, holidays, is Cinco de Mayo, me and my family. I'm in Baton Rouge visiting right now. We are actually hosting a little Cinco de Mayo shindig. We'll have margaritas, sangrias. I am excited. So yeah, it's getting me in the mood too.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good. That would get me in the mood as well. Sounds like you've already got your plan. (laughs) It's been unfortunate though, that it falls on a Wednesday this year. I know there's been past years where I've made a full weekend of it as probably everybody else has on this call, but Mm -hmm. it's a fun holiday. Absolutely. Moving from that, um, can you tell us a little bit about what your experience has been this past year with living throughout the pandemic here in DC?
1: Yeah, so um, there's so much that I I could say, one of which is I'm just super blessed to have a great roommate who is also my great friend as well as you know I live in Navy Yard I have a lot of friends that are pretty much neighbors whether they live in my building or next door to my building um so having a small community that we can you know just get together in each other's apartments really saved lots of people's sanity um but yeah I mean living in DC is frustrating when you know, I have a lot of friends in Texas, Louisiana, Florida, other places in the South, and there are other places in in the rest of the country that are a little bit more open. But, you know, seeing that other people have some freedoms that I don't because of um, the city that I live, certainly was frustrating. I mean, we're not going and having our social interactions like we're used to. And obviously, there's a huge detriment to that in a lot of different ways. Like people need a release, um, especially that stint early on, I guess, but I mean, they were telling us not to walk outside, um, or like wear a mask if you're going outside, all these different things. So yeah, um, it's, it's been a little bit frustrating, very excited that they started opening up, you know, outdoor dining. Although I also had to laugh once the cold weather hit, because now we're, outdoor dining. However, we have plastic structures that enclose the airflow, but now we're still outdoors. I'm like, you know, whatever you do, you, I support businesses making it work, but it all seems a little bit silly at times. So very excited for things to start opening up and us to be able to um, get together safely, responsibly, but still, you know, getting back to normal.
0: I love that. And you are already looking at the future. You could, you're, you're already telling basically everybody that the pandemic is over in your eyes and you're just ready to go out and have a good time. We've, again, we're in the middle of the springtime. So bringing on all the fun times that we know DC is able to offer everything for the 4th of July parade and everything like that. So seems like you're ready for, for it all to be back to normal as it was before the pandemic safe to say.
1: Absolutely. And Everyone that I know feels the same way. Um, you know, I guess birds of a feather flock together. But a lot of my friends, I haven't heard a single one that's like, nope, I'm ready to continue stifling businesses and wearing three masks masks and doing all of that. Like everyone is ready and everyone is comfortable getting back to normal. So yeah, very excited to do that, you know, personally, but also with the club and DCORs.
0: Yeah. And all those things that everybody loves about the DCYRs is something that you handle, uh, given your role as vice chair of events. So let's segue into that uh, now. So you've talked a little bit about uh, why did you join the DC Young Republicans? Um, you mentioned that you joined just before the pandemic um, and everything like that. So so you know, kind of going off of your experiences as a member, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to this year? What are some of your goals And what are the things that you're looking most forward to as the newly elected vice chair of events?
1: Yeah, so definitely a couple things, but the overarching theme is, you know, everyone will join some sort of social club like this for their own reasons. But um, I think a lot of it is DC is a big city. And so you have to be proactive in the way that you make it feel small. Um, and one of those ways, obviously, you know, lots of us probably have our communities and our work environment, that's great. Um, I think that it's super important to find other, um, basically circles of networks, right? Um, that are outside of work. And that's where, what got, it, what got me excited about joining the club was, you know, I wanna find other folks who are kind of in my chapter of life but also we have, you know, I can walk in the door and already know that I have at least something in common with almost everybody in the room. And that's just an exciting way to, again, make a big city feel small and create relationships, um, you know, build professional relationships, personal relationships, whatever it looks like, you can make it what you want. So I'm just excited to start facilitating those opportunities and the way that we can do it best is not through a screen. It's not through zoom calls, even though we make it work when we have to, (laughs) it's through being in person with each other. Um, So I'm very excited to work with the awesome people on the board to figure out the best ways, the best venues, the safest, you know, obviously we're, we're playing by the rules here, um, but we need to find a way to get together again. Um, and again, just build an opportunity for people to connect again. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Whatever that looks like, right? Indoors, rooftops, like while we have the spring, let's take advantage of it. Um, yeah. So there, there are a lot of opportunities for us moving forward.
0: Here, here. I mean, I'm all for that. I love the energy. And one thing I'll add too, is that I, it took me a while to figure it out, but I guess you said, DC is, is, you know, a city, but at the same time, it's a city that's built on community and relationships. And one thing I, I found um, a little bit of unsolicited advice to those who are listening, that might be a CR or somebody who's just getting their foot on in the door here in the city is one thing that I've, I've found is that, you know, you're able to bond much more quickly with folks who have that common denominator with you, whether it be, you have a favorite sports team in common whether it be you have the same alma mater, same interests, a passion for the environment, anything like that, you know, those are the things that allow those type of connections and those relationships to build, as you were saying, Allison. Um, you know, with just the ability of bringing people back, and you know, one of those things we'll we'll definitely hone in on is our identity as young Republicans. Which um, after this weekend, uh, our our committee went up to Wisconsin. And uh, met there and had a nice time reconnecting with folks and kind of planning the, the groundwork for the future as well as with the convention. So full steam ahead, uh, if I may say so myself, with everything that's going on. And it sounds like, you know, you've already got a few ideas already on the presser right now. So Allison, can you tell us a little bit, maybe give us a little bit of a hint or a tease with what to look forward to this summer?
1: Yeah, for sure. So obviously, we can all look forward to our monthly gatherings. You know, think of your for those of those listeners who have been before. Think of our mission receptions, but you know, finding new exciting places to have a monthly gathering. So um, we'll be able to do that at least once a month. This looks like your your happy hour kind of situation. Um, we're also gonna have multiple larger events um our summer soiree is coming up um we are in progress of planning that and finding again the best way to get everybody who wants to be in person to be able to be in person um so uh you know more to come on that in um our next meeting as a club i think is on may 10th so look out for that um you know, obviously holiday party will be the biggest, the best, the best speakers. We will figure it out. We haven't started, but I can just guarantee you with the gusto and excitement of the board, it will be. So stay in tuned. Um, yeah. And just, you know, again, not many people have done that much in the past year. So I think that there's a, a lot of um, good reasoning behind thinking that, we're going to be able to get speakers that we haven't been able to before or we're going to be able to provide some awesome whatever it looks like professional development um networking opportunities that we haven't before again like i think that there are a couple new um, members on the board as well as obviously you know those that have served on the board in the past with that historical knowledge but we have um some new excitement maybe that brings some new ideas um so yeah, I'm I'm very excited to start experimenting um and seeing what works um for 2021. But I just want everybody to be very excited because I think everyone on the board is. So, yeah, we're just ready to get started.
0: Amen. I'm I'm I know we've already put the groundwork down last month with a ton of different meetings amongst the board and a and a day-long retreat. Where we sat down, took stock in what's coming up with the year ahead, and as I said in previous episodes, there's a lot coming. So, be on the lookout, and um, you know Allison's going to be your go-to person with it when it comes to creating fun programming that everyone's going to enjoy. So, um, we've talked a little bit about you know where you're from and what what your role is, and kind of talking about one of the things you're look, looking most forward to. But before we go into say current events. Um, for those of our listeners who may be out there, they might either be a CR or intern or someone who moved here during the middle of the pandemic, what's the one nugget or tip of information that you would give them if they're currently looking for a job or they're looking for a new apartment or a new place to live in DC?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I probably wish I had listened to this podcast, um, when I was moving up here, um, But I have to like turn back to what I said earlier, like DC is so much smaller than you think. I moved up here legitimately thinking I didn't know anybody. And I was like, wow, this new chapter of life, what a, what a crazy leap of faith I'm making right now. And then I get into my office on Capitol Hill. Um, My amazing coworkers took me kind of a tour of the Louisiana delegation, dropped into Georgia, dropped into Mississippi that we have relationships with. Um, I swear to you out of maybe the 10 offices I walked in, I knew six people, like five or six people in those visits. And I was like, that's when it hit me. There are a lot of people uh, that I know up here, right? So all that to say, um, start using your networks that you already have in whatever city you're in, whatever college you're in. If you're on a Facebook group for your college alum, absolutely put a post out, say, I'm moving to DC. I promise you, you'll get hits. Um, Same with if you start looking for, say, like housing in DC, not to sound like a boomer, but Facebook is super, super helpful (laughs) when you are moving to DC, because everyone, at least on these Facebook groups, um, there's so many people, there are thousands of people on these like rooming Facebook groups, job Facebook groups, um, you know, and if 1%, comment on your comment and are helpful, like just go with it, find, find the connections that you can. Um, And more often than not, I think that you'll find a resource. Um, So, yeah, I just say like, put your hooks in the water, Um, social media, you know, word of mouth in your community. Um, You'll find someone with a connection to DC that could at least be, um, you know, some sort of guidance or point you in the right direction.
0: Yeah. I mean, Facebook groups are key in DC as with other cities that's that's one of the major sources that actually helped me, you know, find housing when I did a move here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really valuable. And really, like with the job search and the apartment search, it only takes one. Right. So it only takes one. Yes. Or it takes one place that you visit that you fall in love with. And you're like, you know what, this can I can make this into a home, you know, a home away from home, whether it be you're moving out for the first time or you're shifting to a new city for the second or third time. Right. And so. Um, great insight and great advice, uh, Allison. So, um, you know, with current events, so <laughs> this seems to be right up your alley, given your role on the board, but you know, this past weekend we saw a lot of different shifting with the mayor's orders with, um, the mask mandates, how she was going to relax them. But then all of a sudden she backtracked within 24 hours. And then at the beginning of this week, you know, she comes out with an order that basically prohibits dancing, dancing at wedding recitals and this, and receptions and like that. I want to get your take on, on that, and see what your your reaction is to that. Because I'm I'm sure that you've had a chance to read up on it, and if not, that's okay. But just curious curious to know what what your thoughts are.
1: Yeah. So my initial reaction is like, are we moving backwards? Because again, I'm trying to remember, but. I think early COVID situation um, in 2020 wasn't the reason that they didn't let people in churches is because, oh, now we are singing, and singing pushes more air out of a person's body and just it's just all of the things. So I'm like, okay, what about dancing? You know, obviously maybe the close proximity, the the extra. Um, the extra breathing and the heavy breathing that you're doing. I I just don't know. Um, Obviously, again, I'm just, are we moving backwards or are we trying to follow the science? And, you know, a lot of people are using that term, follow the science. So I don't mean to like be cliche. Um, It's strange though. Lots of different people are using that term to prove their point, which is just like, call it politics, somehow that always happens. You can twist anything to support your narrative. Um, Obviously I plan on going to weddings this summer and I plan on dancing. Um, And you know, if people are more comfortable using their free will to choose not to go to a wedding because there will be dancing, that is perfectly fine. I just have an issue When, you know, quote unquote, the man is telling me that I cannot do something at a private event. Um, And I think that whatever, you know, side of the ticket you're on, whatever you vote for, I think a lot of people are just exhausted of being stripped of their rights. Um, You know, it sounds extreme, but at this point, it's become extreme.
0: I was just going to say. You know, it's 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 really weird how this is coming at a time where, you know, now the vaccine in D.C. is being distributed to anyone who wants it. So up until just about a week or two ago, it was limited to different zip codes, age groups. Uh, And those type of categories, but now walk-ups are now available and, you know, the vaccines are at different um, pharmacies. Thank you. And so now you've you've, you've got the ability of people to get the vaccine, right? And, you know, having this come out, is just really just muddles the, the messaging on this. Because you want people to get the vaccines. Well, people need an incentive to get the vaccine. So the whole point is you get the vaccine and certain aspects of your life will go back to normal, right? So as you said, go to the different weddings that you have been pushed off for a year. Go see your friends in far-flung places, whether that be Utah, Washington State, wherever, right? So it doesn't really help motivate people. To get the vaccine when you're telling them oh you can't dance at a wedding you have to stay seated and I, I think it's a bit ridiculous but given all of that's happening here in dc um with that being said uh it definitely you know i definitely need to go on to either hulu or an amazon prime and take a look at footloose i haven't watched that movie in a while but this is literally literally the plot out of Footloose, like band dancing and band singing and and stuff like that. Except this isn't small town America. This is the nation's capital. So, um, yeah, you're
1: you- so right. That inspires me to go watch the movie too. Even though I might get triggered from it because it is actual real life. But yeah,
0: <laughs> what, what's the <laughs> saying? Art imitates life, or life imitates art.
1: Yeah, goodness, it's yeah. a crazy world we live in. That's for sure, especially in DC. Yeah,
0: it's a crazy world but hey we're trying to keep it sane so that's why we've got this podcast to, to hash it all out and talk about stuff like that and ground us a little bit so that's one of the current issues i wanted to talk about so last week as most of us either tuned into or ignored based on you know which side of the the ratings you were on but last week was biden's joint address of congress um I want to get your initial thoughts on that. Did you take, uh, did you watch the, uh, the address last week?
1: So I wanted to, and I tried, um, I couldn't get through the first like 10 minutes, Ten um, minutes. or else, or else I would have been Ted Cruz falling asleep. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I admittedly, I couldn't get through most of it. I've seen excerpts, um, I've also seen the meme of Kamala and Pelosi that look like the dumb and dummers oh in the blue God. and orange tuxedo. I died. So I'm like ashamed to say that I'm like, I know the memes of it, but um, at this point, I kind of know what Biden's going to say respectfully.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's been around for a while. So you probably understand what are some of the things he's going to say and what he's going to lead off with.
1: He's got a track
0: record that goes back over four-plus decades, so you kind of understand where his priorities are even before he takes the podium. But at the same time, you hear a lot of the different things that have really entered the American discourse over the past year that weren't really in the American discourse to begin with. So you know, a few new things that were mentioned, but it just, to me, it didn't seem like one of these inspiring speeches that we've heard from previous presidents where they weave together this, this beautifully, eloquently woven narrative or vision for America. To me, it just sounded like a guy who was shouting his, his, uh, you know, laundry list of things that he wanted to get done or shouting out his grocery order to somebody who was doing pickup for him via Instacart or something like that. So that was yeah my take on that
1: for sure and um and that's another reason that i wasn't super inspired to watch it like obviously i want to listen to every person's side every politician's side that's how you're a well-rounded voter um and an educated person of society right um but for a long time now um the democratic party has been a little bit gloom and doom and certainly with covid Um, And so I will say that I did watch Tim Scott's um, rebuttal, which was inspiring and passionate. And I think very respectfully countered almost everything that the president tried to say. Um, And I think that he got more views. He definitely got a better ratio on YouTube um, I think Biden was very harshly ratioed with a lot of dislikes on YouTube for his like official post of his um, speech. So a little embarrassing.
0: <laughs> but not-
1: I think that that just shows like people are tired. People are tired of the sad, depressing news. Like, yes, we have a problem. We have a lot of problems in this country, but we have a positive outlook on how we can accomplish Results to make life better for every American. So I think Tim Scott was awesome.
0: And not only that, but I, I will say two things about Tim Scott's speech. So I'm 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 a fan of Tim Scott. He's a, he's a great guy, and he's just electric if you're ever in the same room as him. But the two things I'll say is is that, is that one, it was extraordinarily tight and compact. It was focused. He only spoke for about ten or fifteen minutes, but that's all he really needed, right? You you sometimes have previous, you know, responses to the state of the union that go on just as long as the state of the union itself. Right. I remember that, you know, back uh, a few years ago with uh, Joe Kennedy in Massachusetts, he gave the official response and, and that felt a little bit winded and long, right? Mm-hmm. So Tim Scott's was compact and it was filled with heart um, and it actually upstage Biden to a degree, just because you had a more deeply personal message that. Tim Scott was trying to, you know, share with the American people, which I thought was was a huge success. Um, you know, that's mostly what I've been hearing from from Republicans, even Democrats that are saying that his response was a huge success and that it accomplished what very few, you know, people who have offered the response before is that it really upstaged and actually outperformed a person who was actually giving the State of the Union. So, there wasn't any gaffes like the Marco Rubio incident. Um, as unfortunate as that was getting the water and, you know, making an awkward go of it. But, you know, I thought it was a great response. Ditto. Yeah. So that's a little bit about the, um, the joint address last week that kind of wraps up some of our current events I wanted to pick your brain on. So um, before we go into rapid fire, just out of curiosity, what has been, so you said you've been here for about three and a half years. What has been your most profound DC related memory or moment?
1: Oh gosh. Um, so much of my time in DC has been, um, building awesome friendships. Um, but I won't harp on those because those aren't exciting. That's just like your run-of-the-mill awesome people that have come into my life and couldn't be more happy about it. Um, the most like monumental, I went to Trump's inauguration in 2016 with my dad and my grandmother. Um, we have an awesome relationship with a great Mississippi congressman who um, got us very close tickets. And so it was a insane moment sitting on the steps of the Capitol, um, watching a president that I respect a ton. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a very, very cool day. And of of course, after that was all the inaugural balls and all of these like just fun life experiences that I got to, you know, share with my dad and my grandmother and also just like, you know, once in a lifetime to see a president um come into office. So, yeah, I have to, even though that was literally my first DC memory, I'd never been to DC before we visited in 2016. I had no clue that I wanted to work in DC at that point. Um, And a few years later, I lived there. Um, So it was kind of cool, maybe foreshadowing a bit.
0: That's incredible. And with regards to an inauguration, it only comes around once every four years. So it's always going to be a special event. And that's so incredible that you were able to start your time here in DC, with that being your first big event or moment that you'll forever remember uh for all time. So, rapid fire, you ready?
1: Um no, but here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well, it's coming whether you like it or not. So, we're going to jump around a little bit. Uh some of these questions I've asked previous uh speakers and some are new ones that I have tailored just for you. So, last movie you saw in theaters.
1: Oh god, in theaters. I haven't been to a theater in a year and a half.
0: Yeah, makes um, you think, right?
1: I know. I can't i can tell you what i saw on netflix last night and it was el camino which was like the post movie after i'm terrible the show about math breaking bad thank you
0: sir
1: (laughs) good sir you're always here to help yes and that was a great movie i i swear i don't remember what i saw in theaters but i have a memory that i actually went to the movie by myself strangely can't remember what it was though but I'm like not afraid to be by myself. I'll go to movies by myself all the time. Fun fact
0: I saw all the Star Wars by myself here in DC, the, the new ones at least. So, um, starting with uh, which one was it? Um, Last Jedi. And I did the same exact thing with uh, um, Rise of Skywalker, except I saw that one at the Uptown Theater. Um, unfortunately, it has since closed, which is unfortunate since it's really a DC landmark that most people don't know about, but has had premieres for some of the greatest movies that have ever been released. So Uptown Theater, uh, look it up if you haven't gotten the chance to to take a look at what it is. So uh, that was my theater questions. Um, let's see. When things reopen up fully in DC, what are you looking forward to most in terms of DC events or traditions?
1: Hmm. Um, honestly going to church indoors, um, I go to passion city church and we haven't been able to gather indoors for over a year. They recently had like an Epic concert on the national mall that I was out of town for sadly. Um, probably that. And then, you know, of course, on the other end of the spectrum, I'm ready to go to bars and have fun with my friends indoors again. Um, God, probably the bars that i used to go to i won't even like anymore but like used to hit a Hawthorne all the time anything on u street just like just find that indoor and rooftop optional situations would be great very much looking forward to it
0: good deal if you're in a rush and you need a cup of coffee where do you stop by for starbucks Dunkin', or do you go somewhere local
1: um, so in Navy Yard, there's a Pete's coffee, kind of a block away. That's where I go to like treat myself. Um, but I will also go across to the Starbucks, get like a good cold brew. I've gotten into their, um, like cold foams, whatever they call them. Uh, salted caramel cold brew is a must have if you can handle the caffeine, which like, honestly, I can't cold <laughs> brews always make me jittery. Um, but they just taste so good and in a in a pinch when you need the caffeine the best
0: so i'm gonna go a little bit sacrilegious here because everybody by now should know my favorite of these uh coffee options but Starbucks does have a good cold brew there i said it all you folks I appreciate have... that. <laughs> yeah all you folks are have you there... a
1: duncan person
0: i am a duncan person yeah
1: I fully don't understand that but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's gas station coffee.
0: No, it's not. It's actually good. And
1: their donuts, their donuts are thick and cardboardy. Yeah,
0: but when you wake up hungover after a night of heavy drinking, <laughs> what's going to be there waiting for you? One cardboard you donut. No, not even that. It's the breakfast sandwiches and it's the big freaking cup of iced coffee to get you through that hangover. Whether it be a blizzard or not cuz the Dunkin' Donuts, like Waffle House, if they're open, they'll be open during a blizzard. Like a blizzard comes around and they're like, all right, who wants to go to Dunkin' Donuts? So
1: overliable. <laughs> well, I get it. I respect it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I, I thank you for that. Um, favorite <laughs> bar or restaurant in DC?
1: Um, so again, I've said it a billion times at this point, but I'm in Navy Yard. So there are a few great spots in Navy Yard. Um, I love El Bay Bay, it's a little Mexican spot. Um, great margaritas, great appetizers. Um, and then I also, weird that they're both Mexican food, but um, La Vie, no, Mi Vida. La Vie is an Italian at the wharf. Mi Vida at the wharf is also amazing. Great pork um, nachos. Yeah, amazing. There,
0: it's very good. Yeah. Favorite landmark or monument?
1: Um, probably Lincoln, just because it's, epic um also reminds me of um zeus and hercules which probably they like used lincoln as a as an inspiration for that um but hercules is also my favorite movie so very hercules-esque but also an amazing president that did a lot for this country um just a cool place and actually during COVID, I don't know if this was a COVID-related situation or just like an annual cleaning, but they emptied for a moment um, the reflecting pool in front of the Lincoln Monument. And one of my favorite um, memories in D.C., me and a, a good friend grabbed some Capital City bike share situations, these rickety old bikes, and went and just rode bikes where the like pond used to be the reflecting pool used to be um, and the sun was setting and it was just fun. Everyone's like playing music. And um, it was just kind of a fun um, experience to kind of like play where you're not usually able to play, I guess, but yeah.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Um, Here's a Louisiana related question. So did you say you were in, uh, originally from the Baton Rouge area? I am. So my question was going to be, New Orleans or Baton Rouge, and depending on what you picked, what was your favorite part about either city that you picked, whether it be the food, the culture, uh, and are you a New Orleans Saints fan?
1: Yeah, so I guess I have to choose Baton Rouge. Um, I Baton Rouge is only like 45 minutes away from New Orleans, um, so I go there a fair bit, you know, have been to all the Mardi Gras um, that I could uh, other than when I started living in DC, Um, but have to choose Baton Rouge. Um, I'm definitely a New Orleans Saints fan. I can't say that I am an avid football fan, but I always am gonna support my teams. I'm a big Saints fan, Ole Miss Rebels fan, um, and team B is LSU Tigers, obviously. I can't choose them over the rebels though. Um, so yeah.
0: And follow up to that. Uh, are you going to miss Drew Brees?
1: Oh my God. Yes. But I am very excited for him. Um, he has done so much for the team. He gave us a super bowl for the first time. Um, I was sad that he wasn't able to get one, a second one. Um, but you know, he's done enough. It's time for him to be a dad. I'm sure he's going to be fine. He'll be a commentator somehow and make a bajillion dollars. So I'm, I am excited to see who's next in line for the saints and hopefully they can, you know, step into the shoes that are needing to be filled.
0: Well, it's going to be an interesting situation in the NFC. Uh, is this the beginning of a new dynasty with the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by former Patriots Tom Brady? Or is this going to be, you know, a new Packers uh, dynasty? Or is it going to be a new New Orleans Saints dynasty? So we'll yet to see. We're still a few months out from the football season. So, and then finally, when you are fully vaccinated and the pandemic is finally over, where do you plan to vacation to first? You've already kind of said that you're gonna go to weddings and things like that, but are you thinking somewhere like the American West, the Caribbean, Europe, somewhere in Southeast Asia or somewhere close to home?
1: Yeah, so I actually already on the books um, for September and planning to go to Cabo for my best friend's bachelorette. So very excited about that. We have, you know, the suites booked. We have a, you know, an events planner working with us. Hopefully it will be super fun. Um, and a great time to go down to Mexico at that time of year. So yeah, that's my next goal.
0: Awesome. Cabo. That sounds like a heck of a trip. I think that's the, uh, the first, uh, first trip out of the United States that any of our speakers have, a uh, or any of our guests have, have offered. So, um, With that all being said, uh, any final thoughts or any final words for our listeners? The floor is yours right now.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just excited to meet everybody in person. Um, I know I've probably met a few of y'all at the last happy hour that we had. Um, But yeah, just looking forward to meeting everybody and looking forward for everybody to get back together. Um, Get excited for 2021. It's going to be the best year yet.
0: Well, I think 2021 is going to be a phenomenal year. It is our comeback year. There's a lot to look forward to. And we've got you as well as a full cadre of team members who are ready to make that happen. So, Allison, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the podcast. And I hope you have a wonderful Cinco de Mayo.
1: Thank you, sir. Happy to be here.
0: On behalf of the D.C. Young Republican Executive Board, we thank you for listening to The District Download. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and share this episode with your friends. The District Download is currently available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and wherever else you may listen to podcasts.